Welcome to Queensway Pentecostal Church, leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. Well, good morning, church. So glad you're with us today. Hope that uh, that video for our sermon intro really uh, spoke to you. Uh, you really had some takeaways from that. Really a great clip, and I wanted to share it today. Uh, welcome to church today. So glad you're with us, and uh, happy long weekend to everyone. Hope you're doing well. I'm actually just uh, coming back from a week's holidays. Had a great time away, and I'm just so grateful for the chance to uh, uh, be back in church today and uh, be speaking in front of all of you uh, online in this moment. Uh, but also right now, we're also in person gathering. So uh, just so glad that you've chosen to take time out of your long weekend to be with us. And uh, the great news about online church is that you can uh, be a part of our church service no matter where you find yourself. And I hope that uh, you're taking a, a couple moments just to relax, reset, and get ready for uh, September. Even though it's already here, the kids going back to school this week. Some will be online uh, school. Some will be in-person school, and I've had the chance over the last uh, number of weeks, if not the last month, just to connect with families and hear what their plans are, what they're doing with their kids, and it's just been a great time to be able to gather together. Uh, I, this is really the last breath of the Canadian summer as we know it, and uh, some people like Labor Day weekend, some people maybe not so much. I I have mixed feelings. I love the fact that it's a long weekend. I'm not so uh, up on the fact that uh, summer is kind of over and we kind of have to really move forward. And such an amazing time to be in, to be alive and uh, to be making decisions. So I, I pray that you'd uh, have a great weekend and uh, we look forward to the days to come. Don't forget that tomorrow at seven o'clock, I know it's a holiday Monday, but tomorrow, 7 a.m., we're going to be joining and kicking off for 21 Days of Prayer uh, in our Queensway Main Auditorium, our Queensway Sanctuary. And I want you to be a part of those times, 7 a.m. every day for 21 days. And uh, set your alarm clocks a little early. And uh, it's a great chance just to hit the reset button, to refocus, and to allow ourselves uh, just to come together to pray. And, you know, we're so restricted in what we can do these days in a lot of respects. We all understand why. But it's a great opportunity to come. It's uh, just having that prayer time, quiet time with God, praying with one another. And uh, this year we'll probably have to uh, stay away from uh, laying hands on people and joining hands in prayer. But uh, outside of that, it's going to be a great time together. And I'm looking forward to that. Today's message, let's jump into our text, is, uh, comes from Matthew 5. We've been in the midst of this Beatitude series. This summer is so great. We're on part six today. So let's jump into it. I believe that God's word is especially poignant today in a world that is dealing with open wounds that have been carried through the generations. I believe this word that we are to be pure in heart carries great significance. Today, right in this moment, it carries great significance. Now is the time for us to once again turn to God's word for hope and victory. So let's read Matthew chapter 5 again, read through the Beatitudes. And uh, the words will be on the screen for those of you watching uh, at home, and I hope that you can join in with me here. Uh, Matthew 5 says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he had sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So today, so today we once again shift our focus in this text this week to verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. A pure heart, think about that for a moment. One scripture that immediately comes to my mind is a personal favorite, and it's Psalm 24. It says this, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the God of Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Psalm 24, verses 3 to 6. These days, uh, whether you are young or old or somewhere in between, uh, we are all consumed with, obsessed with our bodies, the way we look, our physical health, our, our external appearance. We are consumed by these sorts of things. No matter where you turn, uh, you are met with someone either promoting how great they are physically or maybe you being sold uh, either uh, aggressively or passive aggressively. Uh, maybe uh, you being told how you are inadequate physically. Maybe it's an indirect thing or not indirect thing. But if someone argued that we've never been more consumed with our physical body image than in these days, I'd probably agree with that. We are so consumed with how we look and how we present ourselves and all those good things. Now, as you can see, I shaved today. I have uh, my hair a certain way. So yes, I'm also aware of these things in my own life. But the truth is, as we look to this scripture, we're reminded that Jesus never looked at someone's outward appearance. He never really looked towards what we look like on the outside. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The message a translation translates the text this way. You are blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. The Passion Translation writes it this way. What bliss you experience when your heart is pure, for then your eyes will open to see more and more of God. I love that. When my heart is pure, I get to see more and more of God. I hope you're seeing uh, where we're going a little bit here today. Jesus calls us to take inventory in his words here we must see more of him within us an inventory of our heart what does our heart look like what does your heart look like what does my heart look like so our first point today is this number one the heart in scripture the heart often refers to the center of the personality so when you see the word heart in scripture you think about it in a biblical context it often is the center of our personality our heart is the core of our soul proverbs 4 verse 23 says watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life when we think of a pure heart we often picture ourselves as somehow dirty or not worthy not able to accept grace that the lord jesus gives to all of us when we think of a pure heart, I want you to also think of an undivided heart. We heard that in the video to start our teaching time here. You see, the Lord is not expecting perfection from us. He's just expecting innocence from us. 
In the video that started us off here, we heard those words and pictures of how a father loves a child, and it's so true. It's so real for us in this time. We must not let our own worldview shape who God the Father is. You know, so often we, we mess up what God the Father is and who he is and what he does for us because of our own experiences, because of our own uh, lack of understanding of what the word of God says. When we begin to perform, as was mentioned earlier, when we begin to perform, we lead ourselves away from God's plan for our lives. Think about that. When I begin to perform and I don't fall under the lordship and love of God the Father, the Lord Jesus, I begin to lead myself away from God's plan for my life. Our heart becomes divided in this moment when we aren't following God's plan as he would have us. You see, we must push against and uh, reflect the idea that we need to take, that we we need to take on any fake persona in this life. We, We just need to be ourselves. We shouldn't be what the world wants us to be or what our parents want us to be or what our kids want us to be or anything like that, what our friends want us to be. No, no, no. We are only concerned with what the Lord Jesus would have for each and every one of us. We must reject the false perceptions we have of ourselves. Do you know that almost every single person I've met, including myself, we all have false perceptions of ourselves. Jesus just wants us. Did you know that today? He just wants you. Wherever you find yourself and you're hearing this right now, Jesus just wants you. God has created us and that's who he wants us to be. He's already put within us all that he has planned for us. I feel like I always must mention this, but I'm speaking of who God has called us to be in Christ. That's who we are to be, is what he sees us under his name. Who we are in Christ is so important. Are we a true reflection of who he's called us to be, who the Lord Jesus has called us to be? You see, these days we've become more concerned with who we want to be in Christ and not what Christ has called us to be in him. Some of us, and I can speak to this even from my own life, sometimes we put our agenda first instead of putting God's agenda you see, there's a difference when, uh, between who we want to be in Christ and who Christ tells me to be. Those are two different things. Jesus' plans for your life will most likely be different than your own. We have to accept that, that maybe Christ's plan for my life looks a little different than what I would plan. The pureness of our hearts connects us to see more of God. That really is sinking deep Uh, in me right now. The pureness of our hearts connects us at a deeper level to see more of God. Today, I hope that you are interested in seeing more of God in your life. Even as we are on the cusp of these 21 days of prayer, it's also among many things that we want to see more of God in our lives. Being pure in heart is crucial because if our hearts aren't connected with God, we become just religious We become more religious people. That's not what God intended for us. That's not who he's speaking to. He wants us to be more like him. That doesn't mean religious. He wants us to be just more like him. We begin to focus on how we look outwardly when we become religious instead of focusing on how the Lord Jesus views us. We could just do this exercise of asking God, how would you have me walk in your faithfulness, in your victory, in your hope today. That's all we really need to ask. 
When we think of the heart, the pure in heart that Jesus speaks, uh, uh, speaks of in the text, I'm reminded that our need for independence is really based on the fact that we are often, if not always, consumed with pride. Did you know that? Pride, as I mentioned it so often these days, I feel like it's something that's become popular in our world. But the truth is pride in the Christian heart should not be there. Pride demands independence. That's what pride says in the word. That's what pride represents, I should say. Pride demands that our needs go before all others. It must be my need above every other need that's before me, including the Lord Jesus. We don't like to admit it, but we often put our own needs in front of the needs of the Lord Jesus. Pride whispers to us that we are the most important, that our needs are greater than anyone else around us. That our sacrifice is greater than the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. Someone once said this, The goal of Christian maturity is not independence, it's recognizing our moment-by-moment dependence on the Lord. Let me ask you today, do you have a moment-by-moment dependence on the Lord? Do you? Do you have a moment-by-moment dependence on the Lord? Even those of us saying yes in our spirits must recognize that from time to time we've all taken our eyes off of the Lord and put our focus into our own thoughts, our own needs, and our own desires. Our second thought for today is this. The first one was the heart, our hearts. The second one is this, purification. So many uh, people, young and old, struggle with purity. I was actually reflecting on this recently. So many of us, young and old, struggle with purity. I recently heard someone describe purity as something difficult for them to uh, understand because they never felt worthy or good enough. Paul wrote in Acts 15 verses 8 to 9 that God has cleansed all of our hearts. Let's read it together. It says this, and God who knows the heart bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them having cleansed their hearts by faith. So on one hand, we are all cleansed. But Jesus has something different in mind here. You see, the purity Jesus is speaking to here relates more to the current work that he is doing within us, each and every one of us, all the time. But Jesus wants to impart righteousness into us. One, uh, one commentator noted this, it is not justification, but sanctification that Jesus is speaking to in this text. How do we become pure in heart? Well, that's a great question, and I have a few suggestions for us today. Here's the first one. We are nothing without the grace of God. In fact, our hearts are really bankrupt without the grace of God. Second one. It's not about perfection. It's about innocence. We are to relentlessly pursue God and his presence in every area of our life. Every moment can and is holy. Every moment can be holy. Every moment is holy. Philippians 3 verses 12 to 14 says this, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. One commentator wrote this, to be pure in heart is to engage in an ongoing, never-ending pursuit in the power of God's grace for holiness. It is a pursuit of holiness in which we are never satisfied, never full, 
always hungry for more, never quenched, but always thirsty for more, never rich, but always with a sense of our spiritual poverty. The pure in heart knows sin. This is our third one here. The pure in heart knows sin, but is not satisfied in living in that place. Even though we're pure in heart, our hearts still know what sin looks like. The pure in heart gets up and seeks the presence of God in every part of our lives. It's saying, God, I'm going to put you first today. I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't have it all together. But today I'm choosing to put you first in my life. That's what the pure in heart speaks to us today. Our third point this morning is this. The first one was the heart. The second was purification. The third one is this. See God. Finally, we come to this last word of the text. How do we see God? Can we see God? Should we see God? These are some questions that come to my mind. You see, God is spirit, which is invisible to the physical eye. My eye can't see God. I know he's with me right now, but I can't see him sitting in the room, so to speak, in front of me. In fact, just to make clear our humanity to one another, we are all finite. I want you to say that to everyone around you. We are all finite. We are limited in size. If you wanted to be a micro, if you wanted to be a little Ant-Man or something like that, we are all finite, really, in the grand scheme of things. Because of our nature, we cannot, as finite people, see the infinite God. The limit, he's limitless in space and extent or size. We can't uh, fit him into any kind of measurement. In fact, Scripture tells us to see God means to die. <laughs> Let me take you into this text. I, I get a kick out of this stuff because people say silly things all the time about God. Anyways, Exodus 19.21 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people lest they break through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. This is where Moses was meeting with God and the nation of Israel wanted to get in on it. And the truth was, God was warning the nation of Israel through Moses, don't come or else you're all going to get wiped out because that's how powerful I am. First Timothy uh, 6 verses 15 to 16 says, which he will display at the proper time who he is, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, who hold, uh, uh, who no one has ever seen or can see, excuse me, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Oh man, I love that part. He who dwells unapproachable in light. In fact, over the years, uh, just to get back on track here, I've heard people say something to the effect that they've seen God. I've heard people mention this around me. I always think, no, you haven't seen God. If, because if you did, you would be down on the ground. If, if you were in the exodus, you would be wiped out completely. We know that when someone claims to have seen God, they are always referring to or most likely referring to some sort of a partial vision or some form of figure of speech. R.C. Sproul, uh, the commentator, wrote this, The final goal of every Christian is to be allowed to see what, what was denied to Moses. We want to see him face to face. We want to bask in the radiant glory of his divine countenance. Oh, I love that. So good. So true. For us to see God, number one, we will encounter him. Number two, we will experience him. And number three, we will know him. Isn't that our heart's cry to encounter, experience, and know God in the deepest and most intimate way possible? That's our goal. That's our our heart's desire. Revelation 22, verses 3 to 4 says this, No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. 
We will see him. I want you to know that today. We will see him. The light God shines on us is not one of accusation. It's simply trying to reveal his truth within us. Belonging. Belonging to God's kingdom. Being a child of the king means I'm bringing my true self, all my positives and negatives, and despite all my failings that I present to the king, I am loved by him. I am loved by God. Did you know that today, despite all of your failings, all the things you've done wrong, all the things you wish you could change, the truth is, despite all of that, God still desperately loves you. He loves us so much. I am loved by God. God is with us. God is for us. He just wants us to operate in pureness of heart, to pursue his presence, to pursue his spirit. And you and I can do that together. A great example is, I'll say for the last time, join us for 21 days of prayer coming up starting tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, right here where we gather together, pure in heart, to pursue the presence of the Lord Jesus together. So I invite you to pray with me today. Would you bow your heads? And let's share a word of prayer as we close this morning. So God, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. Thank you for a fantastic summer. And uh, Lord, for bringing us through these uh, unprecedented days, as we say all the time. And uh, God, would you continue to be with us? God, would you bless the kids as they go back to school this week? Uh, it's going to be different. Would you be with those uh, teachers and education workers that are in our congregation? Would your hand be upon them? Would you minister to them? And Father, would you be with us in these days? And uh, God, continue to work in our spirits. Continue to bring that pureness of heart to the front so that we can see you and we can seek your Holy Spirit. So God, would you be with us? Would your hand be upon us? Allow all of our families to have a great and blessed uh, remainder of their long weekend. And God, we're just so honored that we could gather together today. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Well, I hope you have a great Sunday. Have a great uh, day off tomorrow. We will see you next week. Pray there's no rain next week and uh, that we can have our drive-in churches planned. Have a great day. See you tomorrow, 7 o'clock, 21 days of prayer. God bless everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at qpcespanola.com.